Well, hi again, everybody, and welcome back to Anti-Bullying 101. These podcasts are designed to provide you with tips and strategies, activities, lesson plans, and a variety of other valuable items that you can use as you battle the bullying epidemic. Today, we're going to discuss some of the principles that you can follow if you would like to transform yourself as a teacher and begin to battle the epidemic and to improve the behavior in your classroom. Plus, when following these principles, you will end up improving yourself as a teacher, a professional, and as a person. We are going to take a look at some of the principles of teacher transformation. Sometimes in education, we constantly seek to improve the behavior and the academic achievement of our students, but almost every continuing education workshop or class is designed to help educators deal with the kids and the parents and the school and all of the other factors that go into their job. Now, this stuff is very valuable, but they fail to address the idea that the character of the teacher is going to affect the students in the classroom and ultimately in life. And we can fall into the trap as teachers of becoming so focused on the deficits of others that we become less concerned about our own areas of, of uh, personal growth. Some of the principles of teacher transformation are designed to help educators become more self-aware and give them strategies to personally strengthen themselves. The effect of becoming more self-actualized can help them as people become more effective in their respective roles and be much better equipped to meet the needs of their students. And some of the things that are going to be learned today are some of the principles of personal growth and change, how we can begin to understand who you really are and what your purpose is, how to build relationships, how to become part of the solution, not part of the problem, how to improve school climate, and learn how to identify problems in your own value systems and take the steps to change. We also want to look at how we can develop better balance in our lives and how we can begin to address the physical, mental, social, emotional pieces in our life as well as the spiritual piece, which I believe can, become, can get really neglected over time. Understanding our purpose is the key to leading a full life and a rewarding life and very practical, and it makes sense to take care of these skills. Often we can become involved in activities that fulfill a need that we have such a, such as a, a volunteering at a hospital, only to discover that the time involved takes away from some of the more basic needs. Creating a balance between things that are practical and things that are fulfilling is a key element in understanding what our purpose is. The vocation that is practical and fulfilling in which we are getting paid for and are truly performing a task that we gladly wake up in the morning to perform 
is something that we all hope and wish for. And as we begin to look at this, we almost have a built-in system in which our profession allows us to be a continuous help to students, parents, and others while allowing us to maintain a reasonable lifestyle. As I said in the intro, we can pour ourselves into the profession, but we can also drain the cup personally. In order to truly understand our purpose and enjoy the fruits of our labor, we need to understand certain principles and control what we can control and let go of things that at times can irritate us about our profession. In looking at this, I think the initial key here is to be happy with ourselves. And as we understand this and we gain a, a clear picture of how we're put together genetically and environmentally, we need to know our imprint. In other words, what forms our view of the world and how we see ourselves of, as members of the world in which we live. We need to understand our strengths, weaknesses, and our unchangeables. And unchangeables are things that we just can't do anything about, like our parents or our height, uh, or at times our, our, our IQ. And above all, we have to like ourselves and care for ourselves first. That would be the principle of design, liking who we are and using our strengths and weaknesses as a tool to grow personally and professionally. Everybody has a boss, and our attitude toward the person who runs the show can determine whether we are happy or not in our work. Often when we're unhappy, what we start doing is spreading rumors and gossip about the boss, and we hope to maybe have others join in with us and so that, that we can talk about our perceived uh, incompetency of the person in charge. Okay. In order to become transformational in our thinking, we need to challenge ourselves and begin to see life from our boss's perspective. Now, this isn't easy. It's pretty hard because we have so much emotion invested in the, neg in the person's negative character qualities. We need to determine what our correct attitude needs to be toward our boss, our school administrator in this case. We also need to take a look at how we can be part of a team to achieve the objectives of, of our school and what our responsibilities are as a team member. And we have to figure out how we set goals that are aligned with the goals of the school district and ultimately help administration achieve these goals. Now, this sounds tough, and believe me, it is, because our imprint is going to determine how well we're going to be able to perform uh, these or make the changes in our attitudes. I can tell you that after 40 years of experience as a teacher, administrator, consultant, and in college instructor, I have found that understanding the principle of authority is one of the toughest principles to wrap my mind around. 
It seems to go contrary to the attitudes found in school today. And in order to achieve true transformation, it's going to require some attention. We also have to be responsible in our profession and ourselves and personally. There's only five areas of responsibility. We're responsible for our thoughts, our words, our actions, our attitudes, and our motives. When you evaluate this, you can see a pattern or a progression. What we think or dwell on, we ultimately communicate, and what we communicate, we will act on. Our attitudes and our motives will be determined when we answer the question, What's in it for me? Will we be motivated by any gain in our attitude? We will be motivated by any gain, I should say, and our attitude will be determined by the fear of any loss. We also have to know how to problem solve. And problems do come and go. Are we part of the solution or part of the problem? As teachers, problems come in a variety of shapes and sizes. Problems with students, parents, testing, scheduling, other staff members, and maybe even an overly ambitious administrator. Understand that a school has many people in it. And you, and where you have people, you have problems. In solving the problem, the key is to take the emotion out of it and look at the problem in terms of facts. Once the facts are evaluated, determine some practical solutions to solve the problems. <laughs> problems don't go away on their own, and we have to determine if we want to really achieve permanent help or temporary relief. We also have to learn how to manage our emotions. Anger, sadness, happiness, frustration, depression, sometimes anxiety are all emotional states that a person can find himself in on an ongoing basis. Managing them can take time and a lot of effort. My contention here is that consistency in who we are is based on emotion. It's far too difficult for others to understand us if, in fact, we are driven by the wind without some sort of emotional compass. Situations can cause emotional swings, but it's our job to try and return to the midline and remain balanced. In doing so, everyone around you will know who you are and your boundaries and your values and expectations. If this area is challenging to you, Try and be aware of it and do what you can to remain consistent. We are all judged in the court of political correctness. Everyone looks at us and determines our actions and tries to figure out what our motives are and why we do certain things. Character is what we do when nobody's looking. In the teaching profession, everyone is looking, and with the use of social media, people are really looking. We can't legislate morals, but we can be judged in the court of public opinion. We all know the difference between right and wrong. Don't allow your impulses to get in the way of your good name. Life is based upon gain and loss, and whether someone is looking or not, 
So if there's any immediate gain to be had from behavior that could be interpreted as inappropriate or even immoral, ask yourself if the long-term consequence is worth it. Whether we want to believe it or not, people are watching. And then we have this area of personal growth. Personal growth is something that comes from balance. I've written about this the dimensions of life in my book, The New Three R's in Education. And I've taken a lot of material in this course that I'm going to be speaking about from the seven habits of highly effective people. If you've never read it, you should. It's written by Stephen Covey, and it goes over seven habits that, when followed, bring about personal and professional growth. The habits are be proactive, begin with the end in mind, put first things first, think win-win, seek first to understand and then to be understood, synergize, and then the seventh habit, sharpen the saw, is particularly relevant here. Now, here's an excerpt from the seven habits of highly effective people. Suppose you were to come upon someone in the woods working feverishly to saw down a tree. What are you doing, you ask? Can't you see? Comes the impatient reply. I'm sawing down this tree. You look exhausted. How long have you been doing it? Over five hours, he returns, and I'm beat. This is hard work. Well, why don't you take a break for a few minutes and sharpen the saw? I'm sure it would go a lot faster. I don't have time to sharpen the saw, the man says emphatically. I'm too busy sawing. Now, this brings us to the, the dimensions of life that I just spoke about. Sometimes we're so busy working, we don't take the time for ourselves. And we become exhausted in our work. And because we don't take the time, because we don't balance our life, what begins to happen is we end up, our performance on the job gets worse, and our performance in our personal life, that also takes a beating. So what we want to do is we want to take the time in four specific areas. Number one, the physical dimension. And this doesn't mean that you got to go and join a gym. It means to take a walk. It means to, to uh, do some calisthenics. It may mean to do a little strength training. You may even want to just go out and play basketball. But you want to stay active. It helps relieve stress. It's good for the body and for the mind. And I'm being very brief with these here. I just want you to understand that there is a dimension, the physical dimension that we have to involve ourselves with. The social and emotional dimension. Maintaining relationships with those that are close to us. Our parents, our brothers, our sisters, our husband, our wives, our children. Maintaining those relationships is important because when we will suffer, we will suffer sometimes out of sheer guilt from not maintaining those relationships. So understand that relationships are important. The next dimension that we have is the mental dimension. 
The mental dimension is nothing more than occupy your mind by reading, maybe even taking some courses. You know, it, I have found that when people leave college and they leave formal training, what happens is they don't do too much reading anymore. They don't try to stimulate their mind with a lot of different things that could help them improve. They can learn new material. They can pr and improve in, uh, in their lives personally and professionally. So do your reading. Do some research. Do some digging. If you have an interest, read about it to see if you can get better at doing it. And the last dimension is the spiritual dimension. This dimension is very personal to most people. It could be taking a walk in the park. It could be being around nature. It could be meditating. It could be yoga. It could be just spending time each morning in a little reading of the Bible, praying and meditating before you start work. The, that helps you prepare for the day. And believe it or not, this doesn't take a lot of time. A little exercise in the morning, you know, making sure that you, 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 um, when you go out the door, your relationships are good with your husband or your wife, you know, and then making sure that you, you uh, do a little meditating and prayer and asking for some focus during the day. They're very simple and very easy to use. And if we just make the time, there's 168 hours in a week. And they tell us that if we spend two hours a week just doing a little exercise and a little bit of meditating, a little bit of either praying or taking a walk, and, and if we maintain good relationships, we will be far happier and our lives will be more successful. The Principles of Teacher Transformation how to be a transformed person so that you can be a transformed professional. This is the key. This is the key to being successful. I have found that when I kind of goof off in these areas, what happens is I, I know it. And I can feel it. So... Try and make sure that you participate in those four with those four dimensions. Now, in terms of the the, the the principles that you need to follow, you can take a course in this area, and it's and it's called the Principles of Teacher Transformation. You can get it on my website at www.bullyproofclassroom.com. I will have the link set up in the description of this podcast so that you can click on it and you can be brought right to the course. It's an eight-week course that will help you change your life. It's life-changing. The course is that good, and it's something that everyone should participate in. It's not expensive. It's very easy to do, and you just follow right along with all the material that's there. Visit my website to take the course. I'll have the link set up for you. These areas are important. 
we are in tough times right now in terms of dealing with issues, dealing with things, and dealing with our, our family, dealing with society, dealing with the culture, dealing with social media, dealing with our children. And when we're in a profession that requires us to deal with someone else's kids and, and other people on the job and the administration and parents and so on, it can wear us out. And my point here is, let's make sure that we take the time for ourselves to help us improve personally and professionally, and let's start to transform our lives. My name is Jim Burns. Thank you for listening to Anti-Bullying 101. If you like my podcast, send them along to other people for them to listen to. I think they will enjoy them. Take the time for yourself each and every day, and let's do our best to help tackle this bullying epidemic that we face, and the way we can do it is to transform ourselves. Once again, I'm Jim Burns. This was Anti-Bullying 101.